0: The Christmas story. I think we've all heard it at some point in time and uh, I know growing up I heard it quite a bit. I heard my parents tell it to me. Uh, we've told it to our kids and Christmas story is one of those special times that we get to tell everything. It's always fascinating to me when we read the Christmas story to come across uh, how God worked throughout history, to bring about the birth of his son. And so we want to kind of look through the book of Luke and see how he did that. Uh, B- Luke tells us that at some point in time, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that an entire census be given of all the world. And as part of that decree, he asked that everyone go to their forefathers' homes to be sent to take the census. And this was to uh, kind of tell him exactly where everybody was from. And so that meant that Joseph, being of the line of David, had to travel to Bethlehem. And he took his pregnant wife. We don't know how far along she is, but we're told by Luke that while they're in Bethlehem, taking part of this census, she gives birth to a child, a boy. And she takes this child and she wraps him in clothes and she lies him in a manger because there is no room for them to be found. Can you imagine that? Good. Can you imagine going to a place and having nobody there to provide you a room as you are giving birth and so you are left in a stable? Left to lay your... Babe, newborn, in a manger. What fascinates me most is while Jesus is born, the Messiah comes in in humble means, and no one knows the difference. (coughs) No one is aware of what's happening in Bethlehem. But God has plans for that. And so we read in uh, chapter 2 these words. and There were shepherds living out... In their fields nearby, keeping watch of their flock at night. Bethlehem was a town that's relatively close to Jerusalem, and so it was pretty normal for them to keep sheep. Uh, Bethlehem, for centuries, had kept sheep. A king came from Bethlehem, and his first job that we know about was that of a shepherd. And so this town, uh, located about five miles south of Jerusalem, they kept sheep, and it was pretty normal because they needed lots of sheep in Jerusalem. And so there wasn't probably just one group of shepherds, but many. The fields were full of them. And it's to these shepherds that are given the announcements of the Messiah's birth. Not the priests, in Jerusalem, whose job was to sacrifice for the sins of the people, it wasn't the king Herod who was ruling over the people. It was shepherds, and it's interesting to note that it's shepherds who are told about the Lamb of God that is born because they keep all these sheep to be sacrificed daily uh, before the priests, and yet it's their job. That's at stake with the Messiah, who would come and sacrifice himself once and for all. It's through these people that an angel of the Lord appears, and the glory of the Lord shows around them, and they're terrified. This is the third angel in the book of Luke. The first one came to Zechariah and told him, you are going to have a child even in your old age. The second one came to Mary and said, you are going to have a child even though you're a virgin. And the third one comes to the shepherds and says, the child is born. And everybody has a reaction when the angels appear. The shepherds, they're terrified. These men uh, that I picture standing up to lions and bears who protect their sheep and do whatever they can, they are terrified. I picture them huddling on the ground in fear of what this angel meant. Well, this angel says to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. The angel reassures them, I'm not here to cause judgment on you. There's no reason to be afraid. Instead, I bring you good news. Good news. The news that he brings is to be joyful. The Israelites have been waiting for generations for the Messiah to be born. They have been waiting for generations for King David's line to be reestablished as the kings over their people. And for generations, they waited on this promise of God to come and be fulfilled. And here it was. He was born. He's here. And this truly would have brought joy for all those who were seeking this. But this promise of eternal reign that, that seemed to have been forgotten when Babylon took over the Israelites and sent them away. It is now being, born, being fulfilled before their presence. He is here, the Messiah, the Lord, and he gives them a sign. The other, three times that, or the other two times that the angel came, he gave signs to prove what he said was true. To Zechariah, the sign was, you're not allowed to speak anymore. To Mary, the sign was, Elizabeth, your cousin, who was of old age and everybody said was barren, she is going to give birth. The sign to these shepherds is a babe wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. So just for a moment, let's make sure we understand this. It is very abnormal to find a babe lying in a manger. All right, it, it wasn't something that they just did back in that day. All right, Because of the abnormality of it, it is the sign that the angel gives your child when it was born. Where did you place it? In a feeding trough? Or in a crib? This was their sign, proving that the, what the angel was saying was true. And while this angel was talking to them, suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appear around the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. As if one angel wasn't enough, right? To get across this message of how important this babe was, suddenly there's a heavenly host standing around the angel and around the shepherds, and they start to praise God, and they say two things: they say, "Glory to God in the highest." This event that took place on Bethlehem so many years ago, it was important. It was significant. These angels, they're glorifying God, saying God is worthy of glory because of what He's done this night. God, in the form of Jesus, emptied Himself and became a man. The incarnation is important. And this event that took place, this God becoming flesh, it is something that God needs glory for. So they glorify Him. This word glory, we just kind of take it, it's it's an English translation of a Latin word, and so we don't really, I don't think, sometimes understand it. The word glory in the Greek, it started off as this word talking about expectation. I expect to receive honor. And then it got into this idea later on uh, of of renown, if you will. And the Old Testament and, and New Testament, every time they use this word, they're talking about renown because of who you are. And when it's referring to God, he's saying God is worthy of being great in our lives, of receiving renown and fame, His glory. The second thing the angels say is peace on men whom his favor rests. Peace. For the Greeks, this was not a usual word. I mean, think about it. For generations, they only knew peace when there was an absence of war. War was a fact of life to them. And so peace was was just a weird circumstance that very rarely ever happened in their lives. But for the Jews, peace was one of the first fruits of their relationship to God. And those who who were in relationship with God, they truly had this peace that that no one else gets to experience. This peace that heralded the birth of the Messiah. And Jesus, he came to bring peace. Life is hard sometimes. We go through life and we have difficulties. We have illnesses. We have people we have to deal with. And sometimes in our life, as we are going through it, we just need peace. When we look at our world today and we see it just seemingly to crumble before our eyes, we need peace. I think far too often we're willing to give up peace because we feel like someone has mistreated us and we'd rather argue and we'd rather uh, destroy peace in order to get our way. But the Messiah, he came to bring peace. And peace like anything, nothing we can ever imagine. The angels, they say it comes peace. And when the angels finally leave uh, and go up to heaven, the shepherds, they look around at one another. And they say, let's go and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. How excited are they? This news that the angels bring, it truly was good news that brought them joy and it's so much so that they just leave everything behind you know maybe maybe they walked into bethlehem with their sheep but that'd be kind of a weird scene okay but more than likely they left a few behind hey you're the lowest man on the totem pole you get to stay here and they went to go see this saying that had been said how often in your life have you had news like this i don't know that i've had yet but they left everything behind to go and see this thing and they go into town uh, they hurry off and they find mary and joseph and the babe and they see him laying there just like the angel had said to them and when they had seen him, they spread word concerning what had been told them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them this news that they got it was not news that they kept to themselves. It is news that they spread out to everyone. It's news that we should be spreading as well. But do we understand this Christmas story? See, Christmas is more than about a babe who was born who is wrapped in clothes, who is laid in a manger. Christmas is more about than just the story of the angels coming to some shepherds on a hillside. Christmas is more than that. One author said it this way, When the fullness of time had fully come, God sent his Son. At the right time, When it was perfect, God sent his son. The right time wasn't when Adam and Eve sinned and broke this world. The right time wasn't when the world was in so much evil that God had to hit reset. The right time wasn't... When Moses came and he rescued the Israelites and brought them out of Egypt, the right time wasn't when David ascended onto his throne. The right time was when Jesus came. When the entire world, known world, had one language, Greek, and one culture, a Greek-Roman blend. When this world that the Jews were a part of, they were a part of this peace of Rome, this Pax Romana. Where these warring tribes who for many countless generations had constantly battled each other. Rome came in and said no more. And you could travel from one part of the Mediterranean Rim to the other in peace. The Romans, they built these roads that have stood thousands of years. You can go drive on them sometime today even. Imagine if MoDOT did that. (laughs) No offense to MoDOT workers who are maybe here. It was a perfect time when the news of who the Messiah was could be spread to all kinds of people groups very easily. And when the fullness of time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that they might receive adoption to sonship. See, Christmas was more than when the shepherds were there. Christmas was more about what happened later. 33 years later when this, this babe who was born and laid in this manger went to the cross of Calvary and died to redeem us. That is what Christmas is about. Not just simply a babe, but the reason he came. Christmas is about God's love for us displayed in a child who would someday sacrifice himself for our sins. The shepherds, they returned and they glorified God, praising him for all they heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. It's my hope. That when we think about Christmas, that we don't just keep it into ourselves, but we do just like these shepherds did. Where we glorify and praise God for all that he did. And yes, tomorrow, tonight, we get to celebrate the birth of his son. But the birth was just the starting point for God's redemption of us. And so I I would hope that we could come together and not just remember the birth, but also the reason why it came. And we do that through communion, where we take a piece of bread, which represents the body that was broken for us, and we dip it into the juice, which represents the blood that was shed for us, and we take it, remembering the sacrifice of Jesus. And so I hope you could join us in that. The way we're going to do this after I pray is we're going to start in the front rows and come forward, and you can take your bread and juice. And after you've taken your time to pray and think about the sacrifice, I'd ask that you go around the edges and find your seats again. This is a time for us to remember why Jesus came and why Christmas even matters. Will you pray with me? Father God, we're grateful for the sacrifice of Jesus. And God, we're grateful that that Jesus came not just to be a king, not just to be our Messiah, that he came to bring salvation. He came, Lord, to provide us a way of forgiveness. I pray, God, that as we celebrate Christmas, as we open up gifts, as we... Remember your birth, that we do not forget about the reason it even began. I pray, God, tonight, as we take this bread and this juice, representing your body and your blood, that we'll be remembered of our forgiveness and our peace that we truly have with you. The peace that matters more than anything in this world. I ask these things in your name. Amen.